Does everybody have an understanding of how to play 20 questions? Yes? Okay. Sometimes, if we are being honest, we, when we come to hype, almost the opposite thing happens. 20 questions has a hidden thing, and you have to ask questions to find out what that hidden thing is. If we're being honest, sometimes those of us who come to hype or come to church, the opposite thing happens. We know an answer, but we have no idea why it's the answer. For example, we talk about a, a man named Jesus a lot. We ask a lot of questions, and when we ask, hey, what's the right answer? People are like, I know the answer, it's Jesus. And we're like, yes, but why is it the answer? And, and a lot of us don't know. A lot of us don't know anything about Jesus. We know it's the right answer, but after that, we can't explain why. So I hope that this year will change that for us as we start our study of the book of John. In the first chapter of John's gospel, we are told at least 20 things about who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us. So open your scripture notebooks. Please join me in John 1, chapter 1, verse 1. The first page, well, I think it's the first page, First John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. Now, as I read, I'm going to break this uh, text that we're going to read into three sections, and as I read, I want you to underline with your pen things that describe who Jesus is or what he did. And as a side note, when I start reading about John chapter 1, when it comes across and it says the word, that is referring to Jesus. So let's keep that in mind as I read John 1, 1. Okay, let's start. In the beginning was the word, which is referring to Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, the light that shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent, by, sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. So let's pause for a second. What did you underline in those first eight verses? What are some things that you underlined? You can just raise your hand and shout them out. Yes, anybody? I saw a ra hand raised. Is that a hand raised? No? Did anybody underline anything? What is something that you underline that describes who Jesus is or what he did? Anybody brave enough? Yes, Joah. He is the light. Yes. What else? What else describes Jesus, who he is or what he did? I'll give another example. In the first verse, he was with God. It says the word was with God. The word is being Jesus. So we can underline that he was with God. And what's right after that that describes Jesus? Not only was he with God, but what does... John the Apostle tell us that he was, that he was God, is God. Anything else that you guys underlined in that first couple verses? 
because we're going to do this again, and I want you guys to underline some things. Yes, Matt. He's the light that shines in the darkness. Yes, more specific about the light. Anybody over in the back area? Would you guys underline? You guys underline anything? Max, I see you're working hard over there. Did you underline anything? Huh? Parker, what'd you underline? What's one thing? So he was sent, so uh, Jesus, um, well, John was sent from God, but yes, yes, you're right. There was a man sent from God, yeah? All right, that man is John, John the Baptist. We'll read about him a little bit later. All right, let's read the next paragraph and see what you guys catch and underline about something about Jesus or what Jesus did. Start back in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, yet the world did not recognize him, and he came into his own, and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of na natural descent or the will of the flesh, but of the will of man, nor the will of man, but born of God. I'll read it one more time. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of a natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. What is something that you underline that describes who Jesus is? Or what Jesus did. Somebody knew. What did you underline? Charlie, did you get, underline anything? So use the true light. Yeah, talking about light again. Yes. What else? What else? Something that tells us about who Jesus is or what he did. What about verse 10? The world was created through him. Here we see that Jesus is the creator of the world. What's another thing? I see those pins going. Yes, Peyton. People did not receive him. Yes. Yes, good. There are some people who did not receive him. What's the opposite of that that we see in verse 12? Yes, Kaya. They didn't recognize him. Yeah, that's going along with not receiving him. But what about what does verse 12 tell us about Jesus? somebody? Yes? Yeah, to those who did receive him, he, Jesus, gives those who receive him the right to be children of God. All right, let's read the next paragraph quickly, and then we'll talk about this a little bit more. So verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed that this was the one whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we all have received grace upon grace from his fullness. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God, is at the Father's hand, side. He has revealed him. All right, I'm going to read it one more time, so hopefully it helps you guys catch some descriptions. 
Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John, being John the Baptist, testified concerning him and exclaimed, this was the one whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have received grace upon grace from his fullness, and for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God, is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. All right, what are some things you guys underlined in that paragraph? Someone over here, I haven't heard a lot from over here. Yes, Mason. Verse 15, what about? Uh, 15. What did you underline? What was something that tells us something about who Jesus is or what he did? Right? Jesus existed in eternity. He is God. He has no beginning. I know that's kind of hard to understand. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but being God, he had no beginning. He had an earthly beginning, but before earth, he was with God in heaven because he was God and is God. Yes, so he is eternal. Julie, you had your hand raised? Yes, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as we continue our study and as we look into John 1. But yes, that's important to note. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Anybody else? Anybody else want to say one more? Peyton? Yes, he is the one and only Son of God. Yes, him and God the Father are all God. God the Father and God the Son. All right. So hopefully you underlined some things. I know there is a lot there. But what I want you to get is there's three main things I want you to know about who Jesus is and what he did. So if you need to take some notes, this would be a good time to write down maybe some things to note about Jesus so you can discuss them in your small groups later. Things to know. Number one, Jesus is God. We've kind of talked about that. John 1, 1, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is God. He's part of the Trinity that we know to be um, how God is described. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Jesus is God the Son. Being God, Jesus is eternal. We talked about that as well. He has always been. There is no beginning. And being part of the Trinity, being God, means Jesus also took part in creating the entire universe. So, Jesus is God. Number two, Jesus became human and lived among humanity. In John chapter 1, there's this line that says, The Word became flesh. And that is referring to Jesus becoming human. Now, Jesus had an earthly life, and it started, it has a starting and ending date, roughly 33, 34 years Jesus was on the earth. He was fully God and also fully man. He became human and lived among us. And while living on earth, Jesus, this is key to know that he did not sin while living on earth. Unlike us who sin every day, he was perfect on earth making him the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Third thing, third main thing to take away is Jesus is full of grace and truth. 
as opposed to the law, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Because Jesus died in our place for our sins, if we believe and trust in him as our Savior, then we'll, we will experience God's grace. Now, what is grace? For those who went on summer retreat this past summer, we talked a lot about grace. And a, an easy definition to understand what grace is, is undeserved favor. Now, that's kind of hard to wrap your head around what that looks like, so I'm going to tell you kind of a scenario where grace can be exhibited. Grace is like this. When your mom and dad tell you to do a chore, maybe it's like clean your room, and if you don't do it to their standard and don't do it in two hours, let's say they'll take away your video game system. I know that's big for a lot of you. But instead of cleaning your room, you play a round of, let's say, Fortnite. Because I don't know if that's still relevant or not. And after playing a round of Fortnite, you look up and realize that two hours have gone by. When your mom or dad find out that you disobeyed, they come into your room and they're ready to throw away your Xbox, your controllers, and all your games. Because that was the punishment that they warned you that they would do if you did not obey them. Yikes, right? Yeah, that's pretty harsh. Wait, it gets better. But just then, your older brother steps in and tells your parents to get rid of his gaming system, his controllers, and his games instead of yours. And then, guess what? Your older brother comes in and cleans your room for you. Your older brother takes the punishment for your disobedience, and because the price for disobeying your parents was to get rid of your video game system, your brother had that price paid for by giving up his video game system. Your parents then treat you as if you had never disobeyed. You did nothing to, to deserve your parents' favor. It is undeserved favor. But they show you favor or kindness because your punishment was paid for by someone else. It is undeserved favor. That is grace. Now, grace also happened. Uh, we see this concept when Jesus took the punishment for our sins. The payment for sinning is death. And we sin every single day. And Jesus died for our sin. Now, because that payment has been paid for when Jesus died on the cross, if you believe and trust in Jesus as your Savior, you'll be shown grace. You'll be shown grace by God. And that's why we say Jesus is full of grace and truth. Now, what we are reading in these first 18 verses of John chapter 1 is kind of like the introduction that the Apostle John is writing about the ministry of Jesus. Now, this next section that we're going to read uh, is kind of when, like, the timeline of Jesus' ministry uh, starts. Now, the Apostle John starts his story with a different name, man named John, John the Baptist. So let's read, continue reading our passage to find out who John the Baptist is and what he is doing. So go back to your scripture notebook, be ready to underline, be ready to circle... We're going to be looking at John 1, verse 19. John 1, 19. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but it confessed, I am not the Messiah. 
What then, they asked him, are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Then who are you, they asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked him, why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? I baptize with water, John answered them. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. And all this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. All right, so I just want to talk about John the Baptist a little bit as we are introduced to the ministry of Christ. And John, the Apostle John, the one who's writing this, not the John the Baptist, but the Apostle John, puts this section in his gospel. Now, John the Baptist had a purpose in life. And that purpose was to preach the news that the Messiah, or Jesus, is about to start his ministry. And this happened as Jesus was approaching about 30 years old. So Christmas story already happened. Jesus' childhood already happened. He was a grown man. He was 30 years old. In order to prepare people to receive the ministry of Jesus, John the Baptist told people to confess their sins and repent from them. Now, this is kind of a weird concept of someone kind of going before Jesus, but I want to kind of ask you this. It would be as if a popular celebrity came to Eureka. So wh- who's a popular celebrity? Name, na- name a popular celebrity. Yes, Cameron. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's a you know, past wrestler. He's a, a football player. We're going to use Dwayne The Rock Johnson as an example. Okay, so if you have other celebrities, sorry, but I like The Rock. I think that's a great example. Thank you, Cameron. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he's big, he's strong, and he's hilarious, and he does a lot of good movies, yeah? So let's say when anticipating the arrival of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, what would you do to get people excited for him? What would you do to get people to want to come out to see him? Let's say he's going to do a, 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 an appearance at the lake. He's going to sign autographs. He's going to hang out, chill out at the lake. What are you going to do to get people to go there? Yes, Cameron. Give out posters, yes. You should make a TikTok like advertise on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Max. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Short lines, but you would still go. You would still go. I would say, is it safe to say that you would tell as many people as you could and tell them why they should see Dwayne The Rock Johnson? And this is kind of what John the Baptist is doing. This is what he's doing for Jesus. Jesus is going to be this huge, well-known person, and John is preparing the way. And he's doing this by baptizing people, which seems a little weird. You know, he's not going to be using TikTok. John the Baptist is baptizing people. Now, if we look a little deeper, I think we can make some sense of why John would baptize people to prepare people for Jesus. 
Now, what is baptism? To clarify, baptism is this action of going underwater, then coming back up. Baptism signifies the washing away of sins. Notice I said symbolizes. The water does not actually get rid of your sins. Having your sin taken away happens on a spiritual level. And this only can happen when your sin is exposed. And this is what John the Baptist is doing. He is exposing sin in people's lives so that they repent from their sin and as a symbol of their repentance, get baptized by John. So, how does exposing sin then prepare people for Jesus? I want you to understand when your sin is exposed, then your need for, give, for forgiveness is also exposed. And since the only person who can forgive sins is God, this means that when my sin is exposed, then my need for God is shown. And if my need for God is shown to me, then by God's grace, I will go to God because of my need for Him and my need for His forgiveness. So I ask you then, are you aware of your sin? Are you aware of your need for forgiveness? Because who in here wants to feel close to God? I think everybody does, yes. Everybody wants to feel close to God. On some level, you have this desire this draw to know who God is and to be close with Him. A lot of us want to grow in our relationship with God. Now, let me suggest that in order to do so, you must first see why you need God. You must see where you have sin in your life, where you need God to forgive you. And it is only then will you be drawn closer to him as he meets you where you are at in your sin. Now, because of Jesus, God doesn't meet you with judgment for your sin. He meets you with grace. What we were talking about earlier, he meets you with grace because the payment that was for your sin has already been paid by Jesus on the cross. So in closing, I ask you two questions. Before you leave here tonight, I want you to wrestle with these two questions. First, do you have a relationship with God? Have you asked God to forgive you of your sin? And the great news is that it can happen right now. It can happen tonight. And if this is you, please say something to your leader in small groups tonight. We would love to talk to you about what it means and what it looks like to start relationship with God today. Now, let's say you already have a relationship with God. My question to you is, have you gone public with it? Have you been baptized? By getting baptized, you're telling, that you, you're telling people that you identify with Jesus. You're telling others around you that your sins have been forgiven, that you are in this relationship with the God of the universe. If you have not been baptized but have a relationship with Jesus, again, I say, Go talk to a leader. Ask them about it. We would love to talk to you about it. And at the end of the day, I just want you to know this. Jesus loves you. No matter where you are at spiritually, He desires a deeper relationship with you. Are you willing to say yes to growing a deeper relationship with Jesus today? Let's pray. 
Father God, we just want to thank you for this time that we get to spend in your word, that we get to read the gospel of John and, and study part of the first chapter. God, I pray for the students that were here tonight. I pray that you would work in their lives. God, that they would see you moving in their lives, that they would see your heart and your desire to be in a relationship, a personal, intimate relationship with them. And I pray for all of us here, students and leaders included, God, I pray that we would have our sin exposed so that we can see our need for you today. And we can come to you in repentance, draw closer to you and see your beautiful heart your love and your grace for us. God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.